Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Song is on on The Viewpoint. Santiago, 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 Santiago,
23rd day of July, one week, one week and one day to go before we enter August. Inyanga Yamakok Sigazi. Woman's Month is eight days away. Good evening, fellow South Africans. This is The Viewpoint with myself, Songezo Mabekwe. And we will take a quick ad break. Then we get on with a day's conversation with Miss Miki Meji of Embrace Dignity South Africa as an advocacy manager there, also survivor of the system of prostitution, as well as Mr. Ronnie Ramutla of MAPTO, Men Against Prostitution and Trafficking of Women. Of course, the first topic for this evening is the role of men in the fight against human trafficking and the system of prostitution. After them, at 20 to the, uh, 25 to, to the hour, we'll be talking to Ms. Zamanzi Mazibugo of Mistra, that's the Mapungube Institute for Strategic Reflection CEO there. That's the conversation we should have had yesterday, so we're going to try as best as possible to give it the kind of prominence it deserves. So it will be taking place at 25 to 9 this evening. And then, of course, we close out this evening with the African narrative, talking about redefining the notion of power couples, young power couples, young African power couples, people who look like me and you who have just made it work for themselves, Mr. and Mrs. Ndumiso and Lung. The Mr. is a diplomat at the Department of International Relations and Cooperation, as well as Lungelo, the wife, is State of New York admitted attorney. They will be in studio with us tonight, as well as Mr. and Mrs. Lungile and Siabule Labomvu, both of them working at the International Bank of Reconstruction and Development in Washington, D.C. Alternatively, we just refer to it as the World Bank. One is a senior IT officer there and enterprise architect, and one is a consultant there. Lots to look forward to this evening. It's a bump edition. First things first, let's take the ad break. On the Viewpoint. Yes, indeed. 12 minutes past 8 this evening on the 23rd of July 2019. We are just about, in fact, we are more than halfway through the year. So get those New Year's resolutions out, have a look at them and realign. It's never too late to realign. It's always the right time to do the right thing. We're taking your calls on 891 WhatsApp voice notes 614 This is the viewpoint on SAFM leading the conversation. Indeed, 104-107. And we want South Africans to participate in this conversation. And here it is. A few days before we enter Women's Month, we zoom into the contentious issue of prostitution and how the demand fuels human trafficking and the unjust system of supply. We're in conversation with Embrace Dignity South Africa and Men Against Prostitution and Trafficking of Women, MAPTO, so to say. They call, they're calling on law enforcement and legislation to be firm on any man who is caught buying sex. They are also of the view that South African men are in denial about the impact of the system of prostitution and their role in the system of patriarchy, which is responsible for putting women there in the first place. Seriously contentious issues, but we have to have a conversation nonetheless. I want to see how this conversation is going to pan out between Ms. Miki Meji of Embrace Dignity South Africa, who is the advocacy manager and also survivor of the system of prostitution. She joins us on the line as well as Mr. Roni Ramutla of MAPTO, that's Men Against Prostitution and Trafficking of Women, co-founder of that particular organization. Let's start with you, Miki. Good evening. How are you? Good afternoon, Sangeva. Thank you for having me. I'm well. Thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. You say good afternoon. Are you dialing in from the oh, United States sorry. or something? <laughs> I don't know why I said good afternoon. So, so, You've yeah, probably had a very busy day. Yeah, l- l- let's talk about um, human trafficking. Let's talk about prostitution and the world yeah. that a majority of persons prefer to think doesn't exist but does. Mm-hmm. And how easily or difficult, depends, one can find oneself trapped in the system. 
Oh, um, uh, it's very easy. I mean, it's, it's very easy, easy to be lured into prostitution. And sometimes you, one enters there with a time frame to say that I'm going to be here for, for such a short time, maybe to get, get money, it, mainly because maybe there is a need. So I'm going to get money and start up my own business or I'm going to get money and further my studies. Then one finds themselves that they, I mean, years later, more than a decade, they are still trapped within the system. Simply because, uh, to begin with, they, a lot of women get in, trapped in, into getting um, addicted to substance abuse because they wanted to numb themselves uh, during the course of um, being in prostitution to begin with. And I'm saying um, a lot of women because a majority of those that are bought, sold, and exploited within the system of prostitution is women, even though we do have men and um, transgender people that are also being bought and sold in the system of prostitution, but the vast majority of them are poor black women from disadvantaged backgrounds or with vulnerabilities. And so, so that's, that's one part. But human trafficking, um, the vast majority of those who, who are trafficked actually as well are women and they are mostly, um, trafficked for the purposes of sexual exploitation, including commercial sexual exploitation, which of course is the, is prostitution. And mm. so we believe that though that is happening because men are demanding younger girls and fresh girls and because men are demanding certain types of women because of their fetishes. So when they are sitting, uh, take for instance in a so-called gentleman's club in Cape Town and the demands they constantly ask for Russian women obviously Russian women are going to be brought into the country and that's when it perpetuates or fuels um, human trafficking Can you explain that? I mean this is a world which for a lot of people is probably abstract in the context of the, 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 the exact workings of this space. Men get together, they make demands of Russian girls, and then the next thing, Russian girls are there. Who do they make the demands to? How do they get the Russian girls into the so, country? And how do they operate? Because for the most part, everything that would be happening in the space is not recognizable at law. Okay, so I made an example of Russian girls, and it's not necessarily sexual that it is Russian girls. No, I accept that. I accept that. So what I'm trying to say is that, okay, take for instance... Um, traffickers and pimps and brothel keepers will go near schools and start recruiting young girls who are 14, 15, 16, because they own brothels and they are selling these girls. And at brothels, these men will constantly come and and, and, and say, uh, don't you have a young, fresh girls or virgins here? And so because of that, that now they, the men have created a market. And so they go around sourcing for these girls and they, they deceive them and they lure them into prostitution in the, in that, on, on that basis. So these men are making these demands um, to brothel keepers, to traffickers, uh, even uh, and, and to pimps as well, because pimp, pimps are the ones that negotiate with, um, with, 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 the, with the men who purchase sex. So they make these demands there. And according to their demand, the market is created. Remember, we, I mean, any 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 market or any business is responsive to a a market that is there. You cannot mm. sell something that will not sell or that has no market to begin with. So that's how it happens. Is is it clearer now? It is. It is. And let's perhaps have this conversation very quickly before we take the twenty past ad break, Mr. Ronnie Ramutla of Mapto, Men Against Prostitution and Trafficking of Women. Of course, we're taking your call continuously on this matter. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven, Ronnie. Men are creating a demand which therefore creates a supply. This is the last point that Mickey has made. Let's talk about the work that Men Against Prostitution and Trafficking of Women does. Uh, thank you, Sonia, for, for, for having us as MAPTOW on your show today. Um, we, we, we look at 
as, as men against the system of prostitution and trafficking of women, what we have picked up in our continuous discussions amongst peers as men is that men tend to take sex, especially the, the purchasing of sex, as more like trophy hunting. So you find that Songhezo today has, has an inclination to, to sleep with a white woman, a Russian woman, a black woman. And because of that need, and because there is mm. an establishment that meets the need for that, that then becomes, it, it then translates directly or leads directly into the trafficking of those particular women. Sure. So what we, what we are then saying as, as uh, men against the system of prostitution is that let's focus on the, on the education of men to say, men, if we stop purchasing, we therefore are killing the demand. And once we have handled, or once we have dealt away with the demand, that therefore we end the system of the trafficking of women and ultimately the prostitution itself. All right, let's leave it at that point because it is just about 20 past nine. I just want to recap the nature of this conversation. First of all, for those who have just joined us, we're talking to Ms. Miki Meji, Embrace Dignity South Africa Advocacy Manager there. And the voice you've just heard is that of Mr. Roni Ramutla of MAPTA. We talk about the role of men in the fight against human trafficking and the system of prostitution. We're taking your calls on 891 Playing the song into this hour was Brenda Mdambo, of course, with the song Santiago. After the break, we're going to talk about the legal order and the advocation for or the advocacy around why it is necessary or possibly viable an option. And I want you to be the first responder to that, Mickey. Why prostitution should be made legal so that its regulation can be better enforced as opposed to the current status quo. Because I want to have that conversation with you. And whilst we are on that point, think about the issues of patriarchy and how the socio-economic structure of society allows for exactly the kind of discussions that we are having now to be taking place because it is a function of the social order. That's for you, Mr. Ronnie Ramutla. Otherwise, it's 20 past. Let's take a quick ad break. Call Songhez or now. 891-104-207. A few days before we enter Women's Month, we zoom into the contentious issue of prostitution and how the demand fuels human trafficking and the unjust system of supply. We're in conversation with Embrace Dignity SA and MAPTAO. They're calling on law enforcement and legislation to be firm on any man who is caught buying sex. They're also of the view that South African men are in denial about the impact of the system of prostitution and their role as men in the system of patriarchy, which is responsible for putting in the first place women there. Prostitution, oldest profession in the world, you're probably not going to succeed in stopping it, but you can at least regulate it. That's at least the call from some strong quarters in the country. Your response, Miki? Okay, so we as Embrace Dignity are not calling for the regulation or the legalization of the system of prostitution. We are calling for South Africa to actually adopt and implement the equality model, which which is also known as the Swedish law or the Nordic law or partial decriminalization. It focuses on eliminating the demand for prostitution by penalizing the purchase of sex and removing the criminality from those who are bought and sold. It provides also women with exit support from prostitution, while also uh, it, also, it, it also prevents new entry into the system of prostitution. And the third parties who profit from prostitution, which are the pimps and the brothel keep, keepers, are criminalized. So that's the kind of law that we, are, that we are asking for. It's not necessarily a law, it's a model that we need to adopt because it is, it is the only uh, model that is shown to promote gender equality and contributes uh, to addressing patriarchy and the violence against women because prostitution in itself is men's violence against women. We need to understand one thing, that 
simply because a man has paid to have unwanted sex with me to begin with, does that not necessarily change then and make that unwanted that, that unwanted sex now wanted? I'm simply having it with him because he has the power, because he's also paying me, and which is something that I need. Is that not perhaps too much of a gross generalization? I'm not just taking away from any of the notions that you're trying to get through in your argument, but to suggest that possibly, and I'm probing this, I don't have any particular position on this, I'm probing this question. When you say whenever a man engages in paid for sex with a woman, the woman is not exactly there. She doesn't exactly want to do this because she's doing it for other reasons. Are you not saying women cannot voluntarily enter into paid for sex? That's that's a very small portion or a very small percentage, if it does exist. I mean, in my time in the system, I'm yet to come across one woman who voluntarily, freely, freely, out of no circumstances, chose to enter prostitution. In my years of working in organizations that has worked with people who are are prostituted, I am yet to come across one, just one person Mm, who mm. says, that I chose this, even those who claim, um, in, you know, today who are advocating for prostitution, if you look at their circumstances, there was not many options provided to them. So, I so I, I'm yet, I'm not saying that it isn't. And even though, I mean, under the, we all agree that under the equality law, because we all want those who are selling sex, I mean, even those who do it voluntarily, if there are people who are doing it voluntarily, and those who are doing it because of circumstances, not to be criminalized. We are calling for, for them not to be criminalized. But for men who purchase sex, and for, for, for pimps and brothel keepers who, who exploit women uh, for their own financial benefit, then that's a different story. And the, the other thing that, you know, you know, that keeps on frustrating us, especially as survivors, is the fact that we, we, people uh, seem to portray this to be about us, but it's not necessarily about us. It is about the gain of pimps and brothel keepers. Because at the end of the day, if we regulate, it gives them the power to brothel keepers to continue their business and to be licensed. And they are the ones that are going to, to make a, a lot of money out of this. I would love to engage the legal question of the implication of what it is that you're saying, but we probably might not have time. Are we going to go back into especially your experience in the context of prostitution because you have put it forward out there and I would really want to engage somebody who knows exactly what it is, that the kinds of issues that emanate from there. But you've mentioned twice, and I'm going to take this conversation to Ronnie. Ronnie, the question of patriarchy is unquestionably there. And it is true that a lot of the time that the women who would be involved in this are forced, not by will, but rather by circumstance. And there's a face to it given South Africa's um, economic history, social economic exclusion in that regard. But the question of patriarchy, is it something which the men that you engage as you go on your advocacy drive that is actually appreciated or do do, do, do the men that you engage with simply see it as a transaction between two willing parties? Uh, look, in, initially before you have engagements with this man, you find that a person says, no, but this person uh, went into this willingly. You start opening up uh, conversations around, do you, do you understand how this person got to be where they are? Yes. And now the conversation changes. And we find that in most instances, the reasons why these ladies are, end up in the streets, if they were not trafficked, there were, situa- there were circumstances that have uh, an origin that, is male, uh, uh, that has a male narrative in it. It's whether through absent, uh, absent fathers, absent males in the, house, in the household, that we find that uh, most women would end up in the street. Now, answering your question regarding patriarchy, which we, we, which we understand to be 
uh, which we understand to, uh, patriarchy, which we understand basically to be to be which we understand to be a, a, a way of men viewing themselves above the, the woman, and as a as a result, they feel that they can now purchase a person and use this person for their self gratification without having without having any 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 consequence. And as, 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 as a result, we say we view prostitution as, uh, uh, or, or rather prostitution undermines the human dignity and is a form of gender-based violence which is in, uh, inherently exploitative and uh, invariably damaging and in, intrinsically in linked, uh, uh, sorry, to, to patriarchy and sex trafficking. On, on, the, on the basis of those arguments is at least on the current practice of things not easier to regulate. Say, in the context, I mean, Mickey was referring to the law and the equality aspects of it. Let's talk about Section 9 of the Constitution. It says you have, you, we are all equal, irrespective of sexual orientation, among other things. And then you talk about Section 22 of the Constitution, the freedom of a trade and profession. For those who want to, and I, I think the, the, the narrative shouldn't be exclusively prostitution is entered into by women who are the weaker player and men come in as a stronger player. It can happen the other way around, especially with the widening scope of sexual relations, even among same sexes. So I just want to take a holistic approach without necessarily having the bias between men and women mm-hmm. and the and the structures associated with it. This question is, what's wrong if you just regulate the profession like any other profession such that the IP that is hidden because it is criminalized, because it is clandestine, hence, can surface, and then you can better control the behavior associated with sex trade. I, I, in an ideal world, I think that, that, that could be possible. But in, in, in realistic terms, you, you know that when talking about laws, we look at the majority. Now, when, especially in the system of prostitution, where you find that the majority of people that are in prostitution are not willing participants. Mm-hmm. The minority, yes, might be willing participants, but the majority are not. And when we're talking about just laws, where we're looking at a uh, majority of people voting for a particular law, then we might have a different conversation to say, all right, let's look at the different options that are on the table and what does the people out there have to say about this. After, after extensive uh, research, research would have to be undertaken to see which option would be most viable uh, for, for a society and what does society then agree with. You sure. will find that especially especially uh, 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 with, 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 the, with the vast majority of prostituted women in, 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 in our country. I mean, I, I only became uh, uh, active in this about two years back. And this was based on a conversation that I had with a survivor of the system of prostitution. And when I went and spoke to the other ladies that were actively in, the pros- in, 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 in prostitution, I found that majority of them were not there because they wanted to be there. There were circumstances that have led them to the streets. Not only uh, 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 circumstances around, around, around finance. Some of them have been victims of uh, psychological and emotional abuse, and which then led us to the question of who are the perpetrators of this violence against this woman? And majority, I'm not saying exclusively, I'm saying majority is men. So now you find yourself that we have now created a system where as men, we feed the demand, and we go and we still can, uh, again go and purchase and feed off of the, the fruits of, 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 the, of, of uh, the spoils of the labor, as it were. Let's go back to you, Mickey. Um, the, the equality model which you introduced is only 20 years old, and it's been already adopted 
by the balance of, Nor- of, of the Nordic nations, Norway specifically as well as Iceland, Northern Ireland, France 2016 recently, 2019, 20 years on from its inception in the Swedish space, Israel. Why is the trend moving that direction? What is at the core of the equality model? You touched on it. You didn't quite go deeply into it. The core of the equality model is to promote gender equality. Um, so it's not necessarily just a law, and it's not here to punish men that are purchasing sex, but it is to change societal mindsets. I'll give you a simple example, Songezo. Just a few weeks back, a friend of mine who is an Uber driver, a lady, so this is the notion of men who purchase sex. She picks up this man from the Cape Town International Airport. She is an Uber driver. She's not soliciting for sex. This mm. man who is used to purchasing sex has the guts to ask her, how much do you make here a night? When she gives him a, a, a rough estimate because she was not aware, this man then offers to pay that provided she spends the night with him. Obviously, this man is used to play um, to, to, to purchasing sex, and he goes around to price-taking women when he sees them, that, oh, this woman is working, so I should pay this amount um, to have access to her body. He feels that it's okay, and he's confident in making this, these approaches. Do you understand what I mean? And, 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 and earlier on, you mentioned something about equality and our Bill of Rights. There is something that I also need to mention, that when you mention Section 22, uh, our, our Bill of Rights on Section 36, subsection 1, says uh, it makes a provision for the limitation of rights if those rights seek to, um, seek to, uh, to, 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 to entrench or threaten directly other rights. Now, the system of prostitution first undermines the right to dignity of the self-worth of the person, and this has been attributed to by several UN documents, and we all agree that the system of prostitution undermines the right to dignity, and I mean, because of the, you know, the dehumanization that happens within the system of prostitution, that that is the case. On the basis of equality, you can never be equal to a person that has more power than you, whether it's masculinity or their financial status or their social status even. So there is no equality there. But also also the right to life, which should be protected with no limits. I mean, prostitution in itself threatens that right uh, directly, by exposing these women constantly to to, to violence, um, to, to violence which is inevitable, which would end up to murder, and has ended up in murder for several women, or many women, not even just several women. But it also undermines that right to life by reducing the lifespan of the women who are in the system of prostitution, because they are constantly uh, at risk of being exposed to certain diseases, including but not limited to HIV, tuberculosis, hepatitis, and unwanted um, several abortions which are a risk to their their own health. So even though Section 22 is there, but it is not protected entirely by the the Constitution and can be limited and should be limited if it then um, you know, entrenches and and, and undermines rights that are non-derogable, which is the right to dignity Mm. and the right to life. I'm not so sure that argument could sustain itself the way you're purchasing it. I understand exactly what it is that you're saying, but I'm not so sure if the Section of Limitations Clause 36 of the Constitution is quite as qualified as you're suggesting it is. But let's move on from that. Let's talk about exactly some of the issues that you raise. The profession itself, it does place those in it, especially for the most part of women. They are vulnerable. They are vulnerable to murder. They are vulnerable to disease. They are vulnerable to all forms of complementary crimes to this act of prostitution itself. And perhaps this is where, uh, Ronnie, you can consider coming through here. 
do we as a nation understand the plight that is experienced by those who, when we drive past at night, we see them at the robots soliciting because of circumstances for the most part that are forcing them to be there. The plight of just not being a prostitute, but also being a victim to, if you like, um, shall I say, opportunistic crime. In, in, indeed, indeed. Uh, we, we, we fight a, lo- a lot, especially in ladies that, that are on the streets not more your, your ladies in, in establishments. That a person goes out in the streets, you find that they are pimped, they go out, they make the 100 rand, they make the 200 rand. When they come back, this money is taken because they owe, they have to go, they owe somebody money for, for, for as, you said, as you said, complimentary crimes, for things such as your drugs. Because most of these ladies become abu- uh, addicted to substances, your drugs, your alcohol, because of the emotional strain that they take by being in the street, by because of the occupation that they find themselves in, or because of the work that they do. Now, you find that a lot of, and also a lot of criminals also uh, work off of these ladies by making, they, they, lo- they know that a man is going to stop and purchase sex here. So this lady, by soliciting at a particular spot, you find that criminals now hide behind the bushes there. And as you are now, that's Usonge, so, uh, sorry for using your name, I'm not implying that you do purchase, <laughs> but uh, sure. as Usonge is standing there, uh, in, 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 in the midst of con- uh, uh, negotiating for pricing, this man come in and now they rob you as, as, as somebody who, has, who says, I have the, the power to negotiate and the power to purchase. So you find that there is a lot of harm, uh, uh, complementary harm, that is found in this uh, uh, in, in, in prostitution. Let's take a call. Let's take a call. I have a caller. 891 Very quickly, if you want to join us from Bloemfontein, we have Bramaro. Bramaro, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks yourself. Uh, I'm not good. Listening to the show is very horrific situation we are facing in this country. First of all, thank you for for the educa- education you are giving us and your guests as well. I would like to propose: Is it late for us to maybe criminalize? Um, prostitution in South Africa? Is it very late for us to do that? Because um, if you, like now, as I'm speaking to you, in the city of Bloemfontein, we have three or four different groups of ladies who are all doing prostitution. Some are working for others. Some are also working on their own. Maybe around 5 p.m., you see them coming from locations, coming into the CBD. When it's getting dark, they look for just a dark spot, turn themselves into some and some outfits that expose parts of their body. Then you see them hanging around in, in the around robots and then around um, distant street, under street lights. So the question is, if we, we, we are legalizing prostitution, then there is no way, one, child trafficking or female trafficking, we can end it. Two, there is no way tomorrow, if I want to uh, sleep with a virgin, and if I go to even a registered nightclub or a registered institution that provides sex, sexual things, if I request for it, they'll, whatever it is, they'll go and look for such a lady for me. So at the end of the day, the government will keep on advocating, advising us to stay from all these institutions. But at the end of the day, the problem is still ongoing. The only easiest way we can end this is to, make, um, is to criminalize prostitution in, in this country. Let's check the spread of HIV. Most of these ladies even are sleeping in without protection. Like a man, if a man like me, I want to sleep with them. The lady is not going to tell me to use protection. I have to think. So 
So if I'm in the mood not to use the protection, the lady become a victim. You understand, most of these ladies, like the kids we see them on the street, are doing it under maybe um, under someone's supervision. And then now we are having Makufi. During Makufi Festival in Bloemfontein, it's even worse. Many kids who want to go to these Makufi programs, they don't have money. They end up on the street selling their body because they know they're going to get to run, turn, run at the end of the day. Then they spend that money. And we also have cops, SATS officials here in Bloemfontein, who are supporting these girls on the street. Some are even provided them with something called Donido. It's like an alcohol. When you drink it, Romaro, I'm going to have to interrupt you there. I think we'll get the gist of your point. The examples are not entirely necessary. Homoto in Durban, your thoughts, please, before we wrap up this conversation. Ah, yes, thank you for the show. Um, just, uh, I think everybody recognizes prostitution has harms. But there are many jobs that have harms. Being a minor has harms. It's shown that it reduces your life by quite a lot. And there's several other jobs, like, for example, being in the army, um, also probably reduces if you're in a war zone your lifespan by a lot. There are many jobs that have harms um, that are considered to be acceptable that people are allowed to choose to do. My question relates, so telling us how harrowing prostitution is, 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 is warranted, but it's not necessarily automatically a winning argument. My question relates to, we all know the harms. What is the evidence related to the um, the success of legalizing it and regulating it, which is, seems to be the panther sure. solution w- around the world in terms of the countries that have been doing it for a long time. And that's the first thing. And then just to the host, um, just checking some guys, did you go to Rhodes University? No, I didn't. Rhodes is London at best, and then it was called Forte, but no, I didn't go to Rhodes London. I mean, I didn't go to Rhodes University. In you Christ didn't go to Rhodes or Forte? I was at Forte, yes. You did debating? Yes, I did. Ah, okay. Right. Thank you, Komoto. Komoto <laughs> sure. in Durban giving us a call and having a private moment with me. They appreciate that. We can take the conversation offline and you can find me on Facebook. I'm much available there. Or even easier on at Songas on my Bekler, on Twitter at SFM Radio, hashtag SFM Viewpoint. Mickey, those responses are for you. I'm not think from Bloomfontein and also Komoto. People a lot are getting getting confused about the law. Let me quickly explain that. South Africa has criminalized uh, the selling of sex since 1957 and then amended the the act to also criminalize the the purchase, the pimping, the brothel keeping, and all all associated um, activities to prostitution in 2007, December. So criminalization, South Africa has a clear message that we do not want prostitution in this country, hence why we are prohibiting it and, and criminalizing it. So now, now we are not calling for regulation. We are calling for uh, the decriminalization of those who are bought and sold and exploited, but um, the penalization of those who purchase sex and the criminalization of brothel keeping and, 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 all, and all other related um, um, activities. So that's one thing that we need to make clear. Criminalization has shown us that it doesn't work. First and foremost, it re-victimizes those who are already victimized, which are the those who are bought, sold, and exploited within the system, and those mm. with the power who have money and who have masculinity are the men. Take, for instance, an example whereby currently under this current law, a woman and a man is caught uh, having doing in the in, in the act of prostitution. When the police come, they will accept a bribe 
right from the man because he has money and he, and he would buy his freedom. But for the woman, she's subjected to, to be raped by the police in exchange for her freedom or else she is subjected to being to being to be to be brutalized by the police by being kept in a police cell for several days. So that's the issue with criminalization. It has not served its purpose but sure. right it has created a situation whereby it re victimizes those who are already victimized within the system. Thank you so much, Mickey. Let's finalize this conversation with you, Ronnie. After all, for this to truly work, it needs the serious buy-in of men. And in the next 30 seconds, I need you to wrap up this discussion. What men need to do to curb this human rights atrocity and violation for the most part? Well, uh, what, what in, 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 in summation, what, what I will say is, uh, as men, let us be positive role models to our son, to our son's brother. And teach all, and teach our daughters that their value does not lie in them sleeping with men for money or for financial gain, but in rather, uh, in rather them contributing positively to uh, the, the, with rather them uh, contributing positively to, to society through uh, uh, taught and acquired skills. So as men, let's stop using the power of our wallets to coerce ladies to sleep with us. That's a great point to end it. And we thank you so much to Ms. Miki Meji, Embrace Dignity South Africa Advocacy Manager, and Ronnie Ramutla of MAPTAO, Men Against Prostitution and Trafficking of Women. It's quarter to the hour, and we are now going to be crossing through and having a conversation with somebody we should have had the conversation yesterday, but because of pressing matters involving the public protector, we were unable to do so. So Ms. Mazibuko of Mistra Mapungube Institute for Strategic Reflection, CEO there, will be talking to us. Epidemics and healthcare systems in Africa. Please stay tuned. 15 minutes to go.